Jeremiah chapter 38 verse 1 And Shephatiah son of Matan, and Gedaliah son of Peshur, and Jukal son of Shelemiah, and Pashur son of Malchiah, hear the words that Jeremiah is speaking unto all the people, saying, 2. Thus said Jehovah, He who is remaining in this city dieth by sword, by famine, and by pestilence, and he who is going forth unto the Chaldeans liveth, and his soul hath been to him for a prey, and he liveth. It doesn't say if Jeremiah is still in prison and preaching from prison, from that top part where he has access to people, or if he has been let out, but I assume he was let out of prison because it doesn't say that he's there, and also the people would have to come to him to hear what he's saying, which doesn't seem likely since everyone rejects the word of Jeremiah. He would have to have access to the temple and be able to go there and speak. It must be that after a long time of being in prison, maybe a few months, King Zedekiah finally let him out. And again, he starts telling everyone that unless they submit to the Chaldeans, they will be killed. He's telling them that those who willingly leave Jerusalem and come out during this siege and allow themselves to be captured by the Chaldeans will live. 3. Thus said Jehovah, This city is certainly given into the hand of the force of the king of Babylon, and he hath captured it. Jeremiah says, You need to submit to the Chaldeans now before the Babylonians come, because those who submit to the Chaldeans will be taken away as slaves, but they will live and return one day. But those who remain in Jerusalem and stand their ground will be killed by the Babylonians when the Babylonians come. 4. And the heads say unto the king, Let we pray thee, this man be put to death, because that he is making feeble the hands of the men of war who are left in this city, and the hands of all the people, by speaking unto them according to these words. For this man is not seeking for the peace of this people, but for its evil. The elite rulers come against Jeremiah, and they say to the king, Let's put this guy to death, because he's making our soldiers afraid to fight, and that's a big problem, and we won't have peace unless our soldiers fight and conquer the Chaldeans. He's causing the people and the soldiers to not be willing to fight, and he wants evil for our city. 5. And the king Zedekiah saith, Lo, he is in your hand, for the king is not able for you in anything. King Zedekiah says, You guys do whatever you want with Jeremiah. I won't interfere. 6. And they take Jeremiah and cast him into the pit of Malchiah, son of the king, that is in the court of the prison. And they send down Jeremiah with cords. In the pit there is no water but mire, and Jeremiah sinketh in the mire. In the court of the prison they have a special torture chamber, which is a deep pit full of dirt and water. They take Jeremiah out of his regular cell in the court area of the prison, and they instead lower him into this center pit where they torture people to death. 
and it says that Jeremiah was sinking in the mire, which means he was going lower and lower, and he couldn't make himself get higher. So eventually, he may have drowned there, and certainly, even if he didn't drown, he had to stand up. So this is also part of the torture. You can't rest, because if you relax your legs, your head is going to go under in that filth. This would have also been very cold as well. 7. And Ebed-Melech the Cushite, a eunuch who is in the king's house, heareth that they have put Jeremiah into the pit, and the king is sitting at the gate of Benjamin. In palaces they often had eunuchs. These are men who have their testicles removed so that they cannot have sex with any of the king's harem and that way they can be trusted as palace workers. This man was a Cushite, so he was a Jew from Ethiopia. There were Jews in Ethiopia since King Solomon's time, when the Queen of Sheba visited Solomon. This is long after Solomon's time, and somehow one of those Ethiopians had been captured and was working in Zedekiah's palace as a eunuch. And this man loves the Lord, and he heard that Jeremiah was in the pit. 8. And Ebed-Melech goeth forth from the king's house, and speaketh unto the king, saying, He went over to the Benjamin gate, where the king was sitting. The king was probably at the Benjamin gate, conducting some sort of business there, or listening to disputes and judging over disputes between people. Ebed-Melech means servant of the king. Perhaps that wasn't his personal name. Perhaps it was a title saying that he was one of the king's servants. However, spiritually, he's really a servant of King Jesus because he was concerned about the prophet Jeremiah and he was serving the Lord by trying to intercede on Jeremiah's behalf. 9. This is Ebed-Melech speaking to King Zedekiah. My lord, O king, these men have done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the pit, and he dieth in his place because of the famine, for there is no more bread in the city. Ebed-Melech is telling Zedekiah, it was evil for the king's officials to put Jeremiah in the pit. He did not deserve that, and now he's going to die there. 10. And the king commandeth Ebed-Melech the Cushite, saying, Take with thee from this thirty men, and thou hast brought up Jeremiah the prophet from the pit before he dieth. He gave the eunuch thirty men to get Jeremiah out of the pit. This could be in part because it was a big job pulling somebody out of a pit, just as it is today. If somebody is down a shaft, it takes a lot of people to get them out. But also, the eunuch may have needed 30 men for protection once Jeremiah came out because all the other officials would be angry and would try to attack Jeremiah and Ebed-Melech. So that's probably why the king gave him 30 men to make sure that he would be able to safely rescue Jeremiah in the midst of haters. 11. And Ebed-Melech taketh the men with him, and entereth the house of the king, unto the place of the treasury, and taketh thence 
worn-out clouts and worn-out rags, and sendeth them unto Jeremiah, unto the pit by cords. Ebed-Melech goes into the storehouses of the palace and finds cloth that nobody wants to use anymore because it's too old, and he uses it to soften the cords that they're going to need to pull Jeremiah out. Because when they lower the cord and Jeremiah puts his arms into it, it's going to rip his armpits when they pull him out of that muck that's holding him down, kind of like quicksand. So Jeremiah is going to get really burned armpits from it. Ebed-Melech is softening the cords by putting all these old rags around the cords so that Jeremiah can rest his armpits on a ball of rags instead of the tight, hard cord that's going to pull him up. 12. And Ebed-Melech the Cushite saith unto Jeremiah, Put, I pray thee, the worn-out clouts and the rags under thine armholes at the place of the cords, and Jeremiah doth so. 13. And they draw out Jeremiah with cords, and bring him up out of the pit, and Jeremiah dwelleth in the court of the prison. Jeremiah is still technically in prison, but now he is back again in the best part of the prison, where you can interact with people, and people can visit you and bring you food and other provisions. 14. And the king Zedekiah sendeth, and taketh Jeremiah the prophet unto him, unto the third entrance that is in the house of Jehovah. And the king saith unto Jeremiah, I am asking thee a thing, do not hide from me anything. Zedekiah wants to know the truth, but he desperately wants it to be positive. So he's basically asking for a fantasy to happen. He wants that God will not be angry with him anymore and that God will save him, but he won't repent. However, he knows that unless Jeremiah says it, it can't really be true. And that's why he has ceased to listen to the other prophets, because nothing they said has come true yet. But what Jeremiah has said is already in the works. 15. And Jeremiah saith unto Zedekiah, When I declare to thee, Dost thou not surely put me to death? And when I counsel thee, thou dost not hearken unto me. Jeremiah says, As soon as I tell you the truth, you're going to kill me, and you won't listen anyway, so why are you asking for a prophecy? 16. And the king Zedekiah sweareth unto Jeremiah in secret, saying, Jehovah liveth, he who made for us this soul, I do not put thee to death, nor give thee unto the hand of these men who are seeking thy soul. Zedekiah does all of this in private because he doesn't want to be humiliated by his own actions. He knows that if the other officials and people find out that he's asking Jeremiah for a word from the Lord, then that will prove that he doesn't believe the lying prophets. And he doesn't want anyone to think that he made a mistake or that he knows his own prophets are lying. So all of this is in secret to save his own face. He promises Jeremiah in an oath, saying, I promise I will not kill you, and I will not give you over to the other men who want to kill you. 17. And Jeremiah saith unto Zedekiah, Thus said Jehovah, God of hosts, God of Israel, 
If thou dost certainly go forth unto the heads of the king of Babylon, then hast thy soul lived, and this city is not burnt with fire. Yea, thou hast lived, thou and thy house. Jeremiah is giving Zedekiah a harsh word, because Zedekiah will have to humble himself in order to do this. Jeremiah says, The only way you can be saved and Jerusalem can be saved is if you wave the white flag to the king of Babylon and tell him that he has conquered you. So Zedekiah will have to humble himself to the king of Babylon, knowing that Jerusalem will be saved that way. But could a narcissist do something like that? No. Narcissists never sacrifice themselves for the greater good. 18. And if thou dost not go forth unto the heads of the king of Babylon, then hath this city been given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and they have burnt it with fire, and thou dost not escape from their hand. Jeremiah says, If you refuse to submit to the king of Babylon, and let him take you, then the Chaldeans are going to burn Jerusalem. 19. And the king Zedekiah saith unto Jeremiah, I am fearing the Jews who have fallen unto the Chaldeans, lest they give me into their hand, and they have insulted me. Zedekiah is afraid of people. He doesn't want to be embarrassed by the officials in Jerusalem, and he doesn't want to be killed, and he doesn't believe the Lord's word. The Lord promised that he would spare Zedekiah's life if Zedekiah humbled himself. But ultimately, Zedekiah does not want to humble himself. He does not want to appear as humble or as a loser or as meek or as somebody who did anything wrong or who was ever wrong. Because of his narcissism, he will not submit to the Babylonians. You know, the same thing happened when Saul was king. He refused to obey the Lord's instructions to wait for Samuel to arrive to do the sacrifice, and he started authorizing the people to sacrifice animals prematurely before God was ready because he wanted to save face with the people and he wanted to look good to them. Is your concern to look good to people or do you want to please God? Do you want to please society? and have society approve of you, or do you want to please the Lord, and have the Lord approve of you? King Zedekiah chose to please society. 20. And Jeremiah saith, They do not give thee up. Hearken, I pray thee, to the voice of Jehovah, to that which I am speaking unto thee, and it is well for thee, and thy soul doth live. Jeremiah says, You're wrong. The Lord will not allow the people or the Chaldeans to hurt you. All you have to do is humbly admit that you're a loser, and then God will save your life. 21. And if thou art refusing to go forth, this is the thing that Jehovah hath shown me. 22. That lo, all the women who have been left in the house of the king of Judah are brought forth unto the heads of the king of Babylon, and lo, they are saying, persuaded thee and prevailed against thee, have thine allies sunk into mire, have thy feet, and they have been turned backward. 23. 
and all thy wives and thy sons are brought forth unto the Chaldeans, and thou dost not escape from their hand, for by the hand of the king of Babylon thou art caught, and this city is burnt with fire. Jeremiah tells Zedekiah, If you refuse to humble yourself before God by submitting to the king of Babylon, then all of your women and your children are going to be captured by the Chaldeans, and Jerusalem will be burnt. But if you humbly submit to the king of Babylon as the loser, then you will save your family and Jerusalem. And the Lord says that just as Jeremiah had been sinking in mire, there will be a saying among the people that King Hezekiah effectively has sunk his own life into the mire. 24. And Zedekiah saith unto Jeremiah, Let no man know of these words, and thou dost not die. Zedekiah tells Jeremiah, Don't tell anybody what you and I talked about, otherwise they'll want to kill you. 25. And when the heads hear that I have spoken with thee, and they have come in unto thee, and have said unto thee, Declare to us, we pray thee, what thou didst speak unto the king. Do not hide it from us, and we do not put thee to death, and what the king spake unto thee. Zedekiah says, The officials are going to find out that I talked to you, and then they're going to come to you and ask you what was said. 26. Then thou hast said unto them, I am causing my supplication to fall before the king, not to cause me to return to the house of Jonathan to die there. So the king says, when they come to you, you're going to have to tell them something. So just tell them that you asked me to let you out of prison, which is true. You did ask me to let you out of prison, but I don't want you to tell them anything else that we spoke about. 27. And all the heads come in unto Jeremiah and ask him, and he declareth to them according to all these words that the king commanded, and they keep silent from him, for the matter was not heard. In order to save Jeremiah's life, and also to save face for the king, the king said, Just tell them that all we talked about was you getting, hopefully, out of prison. And the men believed it. They believed what Jeremiah said. So he didn't lie, but he didn't tell them the whole truth. And they didn't deserve to hear the whole truth anyway. 28. And Jeremiah dwelleth in the court of the prison till the day that Jerusalem hath been captured, and he was there when Jerusalem was captured. Jeremiah was still in the court of the prison. I don't believe he's a prisoner anymore. He is just staying in that area because there's nowhere else for him to go, and no one's going to listen to him if he goes to the temple anyway, and it's a good spot where everybody feels content with him there, because at least he's not in the temple. And the Bible says that he remained there until Jerusalem was captured. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 38.